This is a podcast from Snagerikinovsk for Radio Nova. Happy listening! You are listening to Snacker Ikenowsk on Radio Nova. My name is Mac. I'm in the studio today with Oli. Hello, hello, hello. Dina. Hey. <laughs> and uh, Elisa. Hello. <laughs> fertility. Uh-huh. fertility. Fertilization. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about IVF. I'm going to introduce... Um, this subject because 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 I saw in the news that uh, in 2022 in Norway, while it's a war in Russia, 72 women uh, went on a perilous uh, journey to Saint Petersburg um, to a fertility clinic because they have a lot of fertility clinic in in Russia, and uh, I think it's a little bit easier in terms of. Uh, getting a faster appointment and getting a debatably a little cheaper treatment. It's it's a little bit cheaper, but it's, yeah. It, you, you get the same quality treatment if you go to Russia. It's very, very good. I mm. checked their website, their clinics. It's spot on. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so those women during the war, uh, mind you, you have to think that Russia has no flight going in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that your bank card will not be accepted if you go to Russia. Right, because visa and all that have cut oh, uh, yeah. the links, the sanctions also. So it's it's mm-hmm. quite complicated. So those women had to go first to Tallinn, yeah, and then from there they could take a bus into Russia, or have a private driver into Russia. Uh, so yeah, it's a little bit of a journey, and therefore uh, I want to address fertility and IVFs. Yes. So talking about fertility in this segment, I'm just I just wanted to give you some information when I heard the news that a Norwegian woman was ready to take such risks to go to Russia to, you know, be impregnated. Mm. Um, so I had questions, you know, and uh, so Russia has 140 fertility clinics and uh, most of them are attracting foreign patients, not just from Norway, but from all around Europe and, and the world. Um, and uh, most of them are also found in Moscow and St. Petersburg. Mm. And the staff speaks English, so you, uh, you, you can be reassured that, you know, you're, you'll be able to communicate your needs. Uh, in terms of price of uh, treatment, it's a little bit lower I compared with Norway. Um, I, I haven't compared with other countries, so it's just a little bit lower. And um, less waiting time also to get an appointment, less um, maybe complicated checks. Because uh, in Norway, I saw there was a whole checklist and every single check that you do has a price, as you can imagine. Mm. Uh, so people have a bit more options uh, also about uh, donors who gives the sperm or not give the sperm. You can decide if it's anonymous, not anonymous. Um and uh, just know that sperm and egg donors in Russia are all aged between the age of 18 to 35. Uh, by law, they go through a screening uh, before they can give eggs or sperm. So that means uh, egg donors undergo testing for infectious diseases like hepatitis B, C, HIV, syphilis. Uh, it's also urine an- analysis, ultrasounds, cardiograms, smear tests. Uh, and many other tests, including psychological testing. The egg donors receive a compensation, and it's usually between 1,200 to 1,500 euros. Uh, 
an embryo donation can be stored uh, in, in, so I'm talking about Russia now, uh, for up to 25 years. Wow. But it's usually less time, but I say 25 would be the maximum mm. that it could be stored. It's a long time. Yeah, 25 years is a whole grown person. Yeah. That's a long time. Uh, the low states, uh, now that's a little interesting, assisted reproduction is legally available to unmarried couples and single women. So you're alone, mm. you, can, you can have help to have a baby. Uh, Same-sex male partnerships are legally not allowed to be treated. Aww. Of course, it's Russian. <clears throat> there is a legal age limit for IVF treatment of 50 years old, and uh, it's, uh, it's about similar in Norway. 50 is, is quite old, but yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Uh, and uh, they say, the clinic says, though, um, we may treat w women who are older, but then it's at their own risk if mm. something happens because mm. it's, yeah, you're over the limit. High risk pregnancy. A geriatric yeah, maternity. Yes. Uh, in terms of ethic, sex selection is not allowed for uh, non-medical reasons. I don't know why it would be a medical reason <laughs> in the first place, but okay. Um, donation of egg and sperm is anonymous or non-anonymous, as I said. Uh, non-anonymous non does not mean that you are able to meet or know the donor personally. Uh, it refers to the amount of information you are allowed to see about the donor. Surrogacy is permitted. And there is a law restricting the numbers of embryos which are allowed to be transferred to two Uh, however, if a woman would like three embryos transferred, she would need to sign a consent. So when you get inseminated, you can have two or one or, yeah, or three if you're crazy. Uh, <laughs> egg freezing is permitted. The cost of IVF treatment with one egg varies between 2,000 and 5,000 euros. Hmm. So you need a bit, you need some savings. It's definitely not cheap. It's not something yeah. you do in a day. That's yeah. why, like, when you said that people would move over or go to Russia for this, that's yeah. my first thought. Like, it's probably because it's so expensive. Right? Yeah, but, I mean, those, um, like, the, what I'm saying right now, the treatment and all that, it's about the same prices. It's very, it's just a little bit under. But it's everything that's around it that costs so much mm. money in Norway. Everything. Every, oh. Everything mm -hmm. that you do, like a consultation. Yeah. You know, would, would already be... a. Uh, 100 and something euros you know so you have to count all those additional costs mm. so um, russia has like a package deal while norway has i think it's uh, it's simpler in terms of uh, the way they advertise their cost because mm. <laughs> when you look at the list in norway it's crazy you everything oh, i don't i don't want everything to. costs mm. uh, and i'm i imagine they would be more strict in terms of Oh, you really you really want a baby? You sure about that? Mm. Like you know, a bit more picky and um, yeah, maybe it'd be a bit harder to be inseminated here because I think there was a woman that was saying she tried once or twice, you know, and it didn't work. And then they said, no, we're not doing it again. Oh. So it's like, well, what do you do when somebody says no to you? Yeah, when you've tried here, and yeah. you you're gonna try anything if you really want a child. If you really want, yeah, right. So. Uh, baseline cost of egg freezing in Russia starts at 500 euro. Uh, they don't advertise all the cost for that one. Uh, so it can vary a little bit. It can be a bit more. A frozen embryo donation average 
2,214 euros. It's very precise. Mm. Fresh embryo. I don't know. <laughs> fresh. Very fresh. fresh from the it's more Get expensive. It right it's more expensive. That one hasn't been in the fridge for 25 years. That one costs 3,520 euros. Are you ready to spend Woo! that money? Are you ready for a fresh one? You, do you want yes. a fresh one? A fresh one? Great one. <laughs> Good one. Very fresh. Uh, yes, so a bit more expensive makes sense, you know. Uh, initial consultation charge, medication that you might have to take afterwards, you know, um, whatever, I don't know, upside down yoga or something like that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the cost of IVF with Donna eggs in Russia range, so then between 3,800 euros up to 7,000 euros. And this is also what I found here in Norway. Um, yeah, so quite similar, yeah. quite similar. I mean, it's cheaper than, you know other things you kind of spend a lot of money on like <laughs> this is a weird thing to say but like it's cheaper than a car <laughs> it's cheaper than a car you know yeah i mean the uh, the, uh, the cost of a child though i mean it's it's, it's endless the, yeah it's the uh, <laughs> it's endless, endless. It's endless. <laughs> you know it's the uh, upkeep <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna cost you. It's, it's yeah, it's the aftercare. You, you yeah. heard it here, guys. You, hear, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Having a child is cheaper than buying a car, but the upkeep <laughs> is endless. Yes, <laughs> it's it's expensive, definitely. But uh, but I uh, I do respect that some people are absolutely desperate to have this mm, this course. child, and they are ready. Can you imagine to be ready to go to a country that is completely uh, closed, cancelled, uh, at war, and the risk that they are taking? Mm. But um, but that's just how it is. So maybe Norway should uh, you know review the way they do certain things. I don't know. Could that help? Mm. I'm not sure. Um, and then I, I was reading a bit about some ethical papers, and there was someone asking: Is being born better than not being born? Hmm. That's a weird question. Yeah. Right. Because not being born is like not. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, say you cannot have a child, or it's not going to be that easy for you. Yeah. Do, how much do you fight this mm, nature law in a way? You know. Mm. Yeah. How much should we be fighting just because we want something, and and, and we have the you, science? Yeah. And how do you know like your uh, issues with fertility won't tr transfer to your child, so your child won't be able to have a family and has to go through the same struggles as you. Mm. Yeah. Wouldn't it be better to adopt in this yeah, circumstance? I think I, like, I I do respect people who wants kids that much. Like my my brother, it is like this. But it's also I think I have a hard time understanding why adoption doesn't seem to be a solution. Yeah. Like I I know a couple who is very hard trying to have a kids. They tr did all their tried in France, and because she has. Uh, double nationality in French and Spain. Then she went to Spain to try again to do IVF and it still didn't work. Mm. And now they uh, gave up, basically. And I asked them, why do they not uh, adopt? And she tried to explain to me, and I think I couldn't understand how after all this time trying to have a child, it's been years that they're trying to have a child, and now that it's clear that there's no way for them to have a child biologically, mm. why is adopting not an option? Yeah, And I think mm. that's... Even though I understand those people who want so much of a child, going to Russia right now to do an IVF, I don't, I don't know. I think I, I don't maybe understand why 
adoption is not... Uh... But, but because the difference with adoption, you get the child, it's born, it's ready. And maybe those women, especially for the woman, I don't know, the man, I think is probably not that bothered as in the same way. But I would expect the woman to want to feel pregnant, you know, mm. to, yeah. to mm. have the whole process. That Maybe that's the obsession, you know, mm. the, this whole thing to, to say, okay, uh, even though it's complicated for me, I made that child, yeah. you know. Uh, but also maybe because adoption uh, sounds like a complicated process, right? It's also a lot of checks. It takes I don't know a long how it time. Is in Norway, yeah, I amazing. think it's harder, probably. Yeah. And it feels yeah. like that. I guess um, maybe they think it's taking the easy way out, and you know, maybe some others are scared, like they won't have the same love for an adopted child as mm. a biological one. And does Norway allow uh, IVF for uh, um, solo women here? Sing, uh, I'm not so sure. Sh- I would say yes, but uh, also it's a lot of Norwegians going to Denmark uh, mm. and the Swedish people going to Denmark to be inseminated. Uh, I think it has something to do with the donors being anonymous because a lot of those women don't want the child to find out or they don't want to find out who gave. Mm. Yeah, so there's so also never, that question. Yeah, so they never have the chance to like run into their biological exactly. dad. Mm. Yeah, there's no information. Um, and I would think in Denmark also is more liberated compared to Norway. Okay. Mm. Uh, and then the same sex, it's fine. You know, you you could uh, you could have a, a baby. Yeah. And I think it's nice also for people who have same same sex uh, uh, relationship to to have this option yeah. to be mm. inseminated because uh, you don't want to ask your friend, hey, can you fuck me? And <laughs> 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 no, but yeah. I can see how it's like a last resort. I'll see. Uh, mm. Yes, and I, I finally I wanted to. Uh, finish on um, did you know did you know that in the UK sperm from a deceased person can be used for IVF if there is if there is a written consent before death that's so weird when you say deceased yes you're dead yes yes they're they're um, pumping you how how does how does don't you have to like ejaculate? I have so many questions. Do you have to like ejaculate? <laughs> you, you, is the sperm still? Are they wanking? You don't, off you don't, no, you don't. You don't have to. You just uh, put you just a needle and you just go into the sack into like and the source. Just, yeah, yeah, straight to the source. But how Fresh. how far after you're dead? Because I mean, not, things die. Not I feel not icky long. Now. <laughs> not long. Why would you? I, want I, to? But because I guess it's if it's a couple <laughs> trying, and the men just die. Fun fact. I, I I understand, but it's also horrible. Don't look at me like that. Only <laughs> is, I'm not looking at anyone on any side. I'm just I'm this. Yeah. yeah, but you know, clearly, if you have signed a consent form, uh, people are know yeah, more or less that you're gonna die, that you're something is gonna happen. Yeah, uh, they probably have enough time to put you in a fridge. Mm. It's not like you're home alone you and your dogs are eating you for three days, and then somebody <laughs> finds you after oh a week. You know, then you don't. I would not use that sperm, but. Oh. I that's, think we need a break. As long as the body is, you know... I, I guess, mean, yeah, if you have warm. like cancer and you know you're going to die and you're trying with your partner and your partner wants to have a child with you even though you're going to die. And it's an excellent one because yeah. that's one where it's most used, actually, the cancer. Yeah. Um, uh, but also there, it was a lot of uh, questions and problems. So there is a law uh, because they're saying grieving family members are not always in a position to make rational choices. Therefore, some experts have recommended and recommended or law, a compulsory wait time for up to one year before using the retrieved sperm for conception. Okay. Um, there have been issues of a couple uh, saving, the, saving the sperm 
and then um, uh, people split afterwards in in a ter- in, in situations where nobody is dead. Yeah. Uh, people split afterwards, and there was court cases of the husband saying, "You know what? We're not together. I don't want a kid." Mm-hmm. But the woman was like, "Eh, I still want it, so oh. we're gonna fight about that." Um, so the situation where there's a win, the woman wins, and situation where they don't, it's like, "No, you're not together. You can't use yeah. the sperm of, you know, your ex partner." It's kind of. I'm yeah. sorry, we fight. We fight <laughs> sperm. <about> rape. sperm. <laughs> Hun. So yeah, so there we go. I was really shocked when I read this um, this fun fact. Uh, but yes, if you're dead and if you want to give your. Oh. You see, it's, uh, it's doable. I am. I need recovery. I need <laughs> I, we need a break. We need a, we song. Need yeah. a break. <laughs> You've been listening to a podcast from Snakerikinovsk for Radio Nova. <laughs>